I pray that's where your life is being led, is closer to Jesus Christ and closer to the cross this morning. And it's just good to be able to worship. Amen? Amen. I could do that another 20 minutes. Because that's all I'm going to preach anyway, so it don't matter. <laughs> Becoming a God chaser. Man, I, say, I can't get away from this theme and just uh, of what God wants us to be and just me to be. Is to, to continually every day just seek after Jesus Christ. Not just on Sunday morning, but in every day of going after God. And you'd be amazed of how much we 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 experience very little God. Amen. I mean, we think we do a lot. There's a whole lot more God out there for us to experience this morning. And so many times is we try to find God just in His truth. And and I put a, I don't know if you read it or not, but I put a saying on Facebook this week that. God's truth is where He's been, but revelation is where He is. And God's truth is always going to lead us to a revelation. Amen? Uh, it's kind of like if Dwayne asked me to go bear hunting. And he said, man, i got this 400 pound bear. And this is the difference between God's truth and His revelation. I, I'm just going to use it in a hunting term. Because that's how I relate to God's Word sometimes. Amen? How many of y'all hunters and fishermen agree with me? But if Dwayne says, George, I got a four, I got a five hundred pound black bear, I want you to we, we gotta try to kill this thing. And Dwayne takes me out there and we go looking and we walk up there and there's a big old track where he's been seeing some tracks. And this man, it's a big old track. It looks like a big old male bear and 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 by looking at that track we can tell which way it's going and what it's doing. But there's a difference between that's, that, that's God's truth. Tracks are like God's truth, but revelation is when we get eye to eye with that bear and I get to pull the trigger. Amen. That's when the drilling gets to pumping, amen? That's when you get excited because you're in the presence of that bear. It's the same way with God. God's got His Word here. It's His truth. And, and listen, we need, to, we need to learn all about God's Word. We can, but not just don't learn God's Word just to know about Him. We need to know Him this morning, Amen? God's Word should lead us to know more about Him, to experience Him in everyday life. God is still the same God this morning as He was in this Bible that David experienced, that Paul experienced. All these Old Testament saints, we say, well, Brother George, that, that was then, this is now. God's different now. God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen? We can still experience Him no matter what we're going through, no matter what you're in, but God wants us to go after Him. We can't be casual about it. We've got to go after God. We've got to go after His Word. And, and, and I mean, seek after Him. I mean, pursue Him. Just as, me, just as we want to pursue an, an animal when we're hunting or, or we're fishing, we'll pursue Him all over that lake. God wants us to go after Him this morning. Amen? Last week in Mark chapter 12, I preached a little bit on the verse. God wants us to love Him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And God wants all of us, amen? Not just part, but all. It's kind of like this, back before the texting and back before Twitter and Facebook and before even cell phones, when people were writing back and forth, this, this man got called overseas to work for an electronic company. And he, he was supposed to be over for two years. And he had a girlfriend over here in the States. And so they wrote each other every week by letter. That's all they had to 
a phone and, and letter, but they, they mostly wrote by letter. And, and so she expressed one day, he expressed, I'm going to be here for two years. I'm going to make enough money. I'll come back. We'll get married. We'll spend the rest of our life together. I, I want you and only you. Well, she wrote him a letter back after about two months being over there overseas that she was kind of afraid he would get over there and see one of them European beauties and, and go for one of them. So she said, here's what I did. She says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you a harmonica in the mail. You practice every night with this harmonica, and it'll take your mind off of them girls and all the beauties. And you practice every night with this harmonica, and it'll remind you of me. So he did. He practiced every night. Well, then the two years was up, and there was a big old crowd of family at the airport to greet him. When he got there, her family was there, his family, the whole family were so excited for him. It's been two years and he, they were going to finally get to get married. And as soon as he came up, the first person he seen was his fiance. And he walked up and he started to hug her. She says, ho, ho, ho. Before we get into all get serious, before we get into hugging and kissing, play me that harmonica. <laughs> Amen. That's the way God feels like us sometimes. Amen. We can be around Him and talk about Him and all this, but sometimes He wants us, wants our lives to show Him. Amen. Amen. He wants our lives to be real for Him and to be on, be on fire, have a desire, be passionate for Him. Because, listen guys, y'all got to think back. If we're in this, just the church house here every Sunday, if you're in Sunday school and we got Bible studies, man, our hearts should be ablaze for God. As much word as we take in and how much God's word that we have out there on the internet and, and through the Bible and through Bible studies, man, we ought to be on fire for Jesus this morning. Because we take in a lot of His word. So there's a difference in knowing about God and truly knowing Him. I mean, I know Tiger Woods and he's playing today in Scotland in the, in the open. And I could name off some stats and, and, and how many he's won, but I, I don't know him. I never met the man, but I've read a lot about him. And sometimes I think in our spiritual walk, that's the way we treat God. We read a lot about him. I want to look at a woman this morning. I'd give her this verse just a while ago. I wasn't going to preach on it. I turned around and said, Michelle, put this in the computer. I might use it. But I love this woman was a God chaser in, in, in Mark chapter 14. I'm going to go back to Mark 12 here in a minute. But I love this woman as she was a God chaser. She didn't care what anybody else thought. She didn't care who else was looking. She was going into this room right here and was going to kneel down at the feet of Jesus and was going to anoint His feet no matter if there was deacons there, no matter if the church was there, no matter if the president was there. She was going after Jesus. She had... She had been tired and tired of trying to fix things on her, in her, on her own, in her own life. She knew that she needed Jesus. Sometimes that's the way we need to be, amen? amen? It took me a long time to get to the point where, George B., you preach God's Word and don't worry about what people think. I remember when I first started preaching, I, 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 I used to preach and if I seen a smile, that meant they liked me. Amen? It doesn't necessarily mean that they, they can smile and still not like you. Amen? I found out real quick that that's not just the case. And so I wanted to please everybody in my preaching. Amen? How many of y'all want to please people? Be honest. Everybody in here wants to please everybody that you're around. Everybody likes to get a pat on the back. 
And so when I was preaching God's word, I mean, I wanted to preach good in front of people and fellow preachers that were out there that were hearing Tim. I want to make sure that, man, I dotted my I's, dotted my, I mean, crossed my T's, dotted my T's and crossed my I's. I mean, I wanted to do it all. And it took me about 10 years on preaching God's word that I'm not here to please. Now, I'm going to preach God's word. I'm not, listen, what I mean by that is I'm going after Jesus whether people like it or not like it. I want to go after God. Amen? And that should be our desire this morning is you don't have to please other people and let them give you approval for you to go after Jesus. That's not what this is about. And so this woman here in Mark chapter 14, look what she says. It says in verse 3, it says, And being in Bethany at the, at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman uh, having an alabaster flask, a very costly oil of, of spikenard, then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indigent among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, I love what he said. What did he say? Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good, but me do not have always. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, whether this is the gospel preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will be, will be told as a memorial. So God, listen, Jesus set her aside. He thought that was pretty significant of what she did in that room. Jesus said, I'm gonna, everybody's going to be talking about this woman. There's going to be a memorial set aside. That what she, she did what she could. Now, a lot of times in the church, the church don't... I view this as the church today as all the disciples that were in this room. They didn't, she didn't worship maybe the way that they worshipped. Amen? Y'all know this happens in church. Didn't worship, maybe didn't dress like them. Might not even have looked like them. And she comes in with a very expensive bottle of perfume that was well over $500. And, and, and it just like Baptist, as soon as she broke it and on his head, the deacon over, or one of the, one of the treasurers said, we could have used that to pay the parking lot. And Jesus said, I'm not worried about parking lots. I'm not worried about the outer appearance of your building." I'm worried about the inner appearance of your holy temple where I reside. Are you going after me like this woman is? And it's great. We need to have great facilities and we need to have that. But our main concern is we need to go after God as a church body. Amen? That's what we need to go after. I want to have great facilities and hope again one day to build. But listen, it don't do no good to build if Jesus is not there. You got to first make sure that the bread of life is there. And, she, and I can just imagine, it says she did what she could. She didn't mind that there was people watching. She grabbed her little bottle of perfume, said, and I know it was crowded in this room because everywhere Jesus went, there was crowds. And I know they were packed in this room like sardines. And Jesus just kind of, uh, the woman just kind of inches by, excuse me, excuse me. 
excuse me, I got to get to Jesus. Excuse me. Excuse me. And they're going, where's this woman going? And what, what, she was the only God chaser in the whole room. Everybody else was having church. Everybody else was standing there looking pretty, admiring, even his own disciples. Admiring Jesus. And she said, excuse me, excuse me. Got down and broke it and anointed Jesus' head and let the oil run down. And I could just imagine this woman, as she kneels there and the oil runs down Jesus' face, and as soon as she broke it on, on a stone or on the table, <gasps> did you see what she's doing? She's breaking that. That stuff is $500 a bottle. And as soon as she kneels down, she grabs the rest of it, she takes her hair. And she rubs and washes Jesus' feet and anoints His body. And I don't believe she was doing it with the... I believe she was passionate about it, but she, I believe she was broken hearted. She was in tears, worshiping. I believe when she got to Tim, she raised up and worshiped Jesus Christ. And I believe the whole church was standing there saying, what is this crazy woman doing? Jesus says, leave her alone. Because in the background, they, people were talking. She's not doing it right. She, we got ordered. She's not looking at the church bulletin. Uh, Bible's supposed to sing, not anoint Jesus. And then Judas has got to give the treasure report. What is going on around? Some people, they get more excited about that than they do the presence of Jesus. And listen, we got to be organized in this church and this and this and this. But without His Spirit, none of that matters. None of it. Because everything in this church that God does rotates around the presence of the Holy Spirit. Everything. Why people are excited about ministry, the Holy Spirit got stirred. Why people are teaching, the Holy Spirit got stirred. Why are you here this morning? Because the Holy Spirit stirred you. If we don't have the stirring of the Holy Spirit, we don't have nothing in this church. Nothing. Just a bunch of tingling symbols. That's all it is. Sound. Sometimes I wonder, in our church today, is God... Sometimes I think God does this, man. I, I, I think He's going... I wish y'all would let me in there, man. Look like y'all having a pretty... Y'all got great... Can I come in? I always wondered this. And... and I lost the preacher that I was going to say that said it. The one that preached in the Chicago fire. Moody. D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody once said, you can take the Holy Spirit out of most churches and they'd go on as business as usual. Never know. And that's sad. This is where the people were in this crowd. She didn't want to go on business as usual. She wanted to get up personal because she wanted to know more than just to, to know about Jesus. She wanted to know Him personally. She wanted to know what it felt like when she was in, in heartache and Jesus came in. What does it feel like for Jesus to become my refuge? My buckler, my shield? What does it mean when the devil's throwing fiery darts at me and I'm being tempted? What, is it, what does it mean that he's my shield, my shield of faith? What does that mean? Well, I can tell you what it means, Brother George. Look it up in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30. No! We can all do that. 
Jesus gets quoted to death. But he says, are you coming after me? Me. Do you know me? If I moved and told you not to buy that tomorrow at Walmart, would you know that was me? You say, I don't think. He, he, he cuts prices better than Walmart. Jesus is in Walmart. He's with you when you buy your car, make that decision. But so many times we make decisions because we don't know him. It's not that he's not there, Levi. We don't know him. We don't know about a spirit of discernment. To know that that's bad, to get away, or, oh, I'm just doing. Most of us do it because everybody else says it's okay. Or we're politically correct. Well, if I don't, my friends will. Sometimes I think we need to get rid of some of our friends then, maybe. If your friends are influencing you more than Jesus Christ, there's something wrong this morning, church. If anything in this world is influencing you to go somewhere besides Jesus, we're not loving Him enough. That's why Jesus said, go to Mark chapter 12. That's why Jesus told this, this Pharisee, this scribe. He said, well, what's the greatest commandment then, Jesus? Trying to trick Him, trying to get Him... You can't trick the Son of God. But they had no idea that this was truly the Son of God. See, this is amazing. Jesus was around all the Jews and the religious people. The Son of God was there. And they had no idea. Some good man. And Jesus said, One of the scribes came to him, having heard them, reason together, perceived that he answered them well, and asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus said to him, the first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, our Lord God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with what? We're going to do it again. Have y'all heard this verse before? Last Sunday, I think. Amen? But see, I, I done figured out if a sermon ain't worth preaching twice, it wasn't good once. Amen? And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. With all your strength. All, all, all. Man, if we just did that, if we just took that one word and made that our mission statement, God, we'd be building a new building. This place would be full. You say, well, Brother George, we all, we all, including me, sometimes have a hard time giving our all. Anybody there with me? I mean, I'll give my all to hunting and fishing and buy this. Sometimes I think, Dwayne, if I spend as much time finagling how to get enough money to get my toy, if I could give it to God, man, He would really bless me. Isn't that, isn't that right? All. Oh, if I could spend so much time, how am I going to do this and go here and get that? If I spent that much time in serving Jesus, then I might truly, truly know Him. And not about it. But he said, love the Lord God. Let's go and read the rest of that verse. And the second is like this. Because I'm going to preach on this here in a few weeks. It's like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other greater commandment than these. This is the greatest right here. Hey, if you don't get nothing else today, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love other people, and you'll be blessed. That's the greatest, he said. Now, what the next he said. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God. 
and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength. To love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices you can give. Now when Jesus saw that he answered, Jesus gets right back at him. Look at this. Jesus saw him and answered wisely and said to him, you're not far away from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared. When Jesus said that, no one dared to... Well, what's the second greatest command? They didn't ask that. Amen? They kept quiet. He said, you're not far from the kingdom of God, sir. But after that, no one dared to question his authority. I believe they knew right then. I believe the man that asked him that question, when he got done with this, I believe that scribe knew through the authority of God was standing in front of him. That answer that. Listen. He was conv- scribes and Pharisees were convicted just as much as anybody else. Amen? That doesn't mean that you're in a temple every weekend or every Sunday that God don't. God convicts everyone. Y'all, in, I don't get too many. When I preach on conviction, everybody gets quiet. It's a good thing. You got to have it to live for God. Sorry, William Connor, I woke him up. He's sleeping right on foot. That's my boy. You've got to have conviction because without... Listen, through conviction, then comes repentance. And repentance is the road, is the road to God's presence. I don't, I don't care what anybody says, without repentance, you cannot feel God. Amen? I can't go around with a hard heart and, yang, 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 and, and, and claim to feel God. I can't treat Mevlin like that, my wife, my family, the church. I can't do none of that and say, oh, God was here. This no, He wasn't. You eat a bad burrito, man. <laughs> through repentance, through repentance, come. Hey, just let me, let me show you the example. When you first got saved, you had to repent to be saved. Amen? We think that we repent one time and that's it. <laughs> I repented at salvation. No more repenting for me. We've got to be very careful because then we allow the world and people and religious acts to get us so tough and hard that we don't need repentance. There's not a person in here, including myself, that don't need repentance. Because we all have to repent. And I know that's not a great word to use in church. Everybody says, preach on heaven. But without you going through this word, you'll never know Jesus. You'll never go to heaven without repenting. So if it's important enough that you can't go to heaven, then we sure ain't going to be able to live down here with Jesus and experiencing Him. Because listen, there's a guys, I don't want to be the church or the people that has to go to church. Looks like, man, it looks like they're pulling teeth to go to service. Amen? We got some here. Yeah, see if you can bless me today. I bet you can't. That's what I was telling my class this morning. We ought to love our church. Amen. You ought to love your church. Yeah, there's a bunch of imperfect people in there. But you know what? There's another side of that story. You one of them. We're all imperfect. 
God chasers are imperfect. But I couldn't go nowhere where I was miserable every Sunday. <laughs> if that's your attitude every time I preach, something's wrong. Amen. Let's laugh and have a joyous time and say, Jesus, come in. Amen. Come in. Come in. And the, you say, well, I don't really... That they were thinking the same thing toward this poor little old woman that come and broke this bottle of fragrant oil. The same thoughts were going through their head. The same thoughts. That's why Jesus said, love the Lord God with all your heart. With all of your soul. I'm going to probably just get the soul today and that's it. Do you know that you have a soul? How many believe that? You better be. The soul is eternal. This is what Jesus is talking about, eternal. The soul. He says, love the Lord God with all your soul. And soul, out of the soul comes emotions. Did you know that? I just got all them Baptists that believe, we don't believe in emotions in our church. Well, you won't have a soul then. Amen? Because through your soul is where the stirring comes from. It's emotions. It's emotions. The Holy Spirit works through our emotions. So there is nothing wrong with you leaving here today saying, boy, I'll tell you what, God's Word really stirred my heart today. Man, God stirred me. God stirred me about that issue I've been doing. I knew it's been wrong, but He stirred me about that. It's okay. We need to be stirred by His Spirit. If you're not being stirred, you're not loving God. Stirred. You want to see a prime example of being stirred? Now, why does it happen at camp and it can't happen here every Sunday? And every week? I've seen it all of my life. And as a kid, as a kid, I wanted so much to bring that into our church. Man, we'd go to church camp. And I, I've been to Box Springs since I was little. And I'd come back. And, and this is sad to think, but I always think, I wish our church could be like what I felt this week. Because I'd be so fired up and I'd be stirred up from camp. I was, man, God got a hold of me that week. Man, there was things in my life that I had to put down and new things to Him I had to pick up. And I would come back and, and we'd do the same thing as this youth group. I, I've been there. We'd come back and it, it used to really, it used to depress me. Come back and man, I'd be on fire. Man, you won't believe what God did at camp. He spoke to me. He did this. And I'd be talking. Well, that's good, son. Very good. We're glad to hear that. <laughs> Glad God stirred you up at camp. Amen. God's good. God's good. He's looking like Elijah standing there, man. I mean, a statue. And you'd go to the next person and say, man, God's good. You won't believe it. That's good. That's good. That's good. And I'm going, why can't you get what I got? There was something that stopped between camp and the church doors that people had in their mind that we couldn't bring in, Levi. And the problem is, it was the Spirit of God that wanted to come in. Oh, that's camp though. Here's the big excuse for most of us mature adults. That's church camp. This is God's house. <laughs> Amen, it's God's house. It's where He's at. 
And where He's at, there's joy. Amen? There's love. There's peace. There's faith. There's lives being changed. There's people being saved. There's people being baptized, Mary. There's whole families being changed. Putting down the old stuff. Picking up the... That's Jesus. The church will wear you out, but Jesus will make you new. He'll make you new. See why sometimes we've got to get back to Jesus and not the church. This don't sound like your typical Baptist sermon, but it's a Jesus sermon. Amen? And this is what this is what gets us on fire for Jesus. You get on fire for Jesus, you'll be on fire for your church. You'll be on fire for your church. Your soul is your emotion. Go to Psalms 103. Oh, I'll read that. We can't just learn and memorize the truth about God. We've got to experience. We've got to. We've got to experience and delight in God. In our relationship. You've got to be stirred by the Holy Spirit when things are good. Overwhelmingly have a joy unspeakable flow over you. How many of you have been flooded with joy? I'm not talking about because you scratched off some McDonald's and want a Happy Meal. I mean joy. Joy. Something that this world didn't give you and it definitely will not take it away. Amen. I'm talking about joy. I love... We ought to say, this ought to be our chance. I sort of make this Pleasant Hills new mission statement. Have y'all ever seen... How many of y'all football fans out there, pro football... How many has ever listened to the San Francisco 49ers in the locker room? Who's got it better than us? Nobody. That ought to be us. Y'all didn't get that, but that's okay. I loved it. <laughs> you get home, i tell you what happened. They didn't get stirred there, but here's what's going to happen, Mary. I mean, Shirley's going to be washing in two hours. Nobody. I love what they say. They all huddle up together. They put their hands up here. No matter whether they won, they lost, or going to the Super Bowl or not, they all say, they get in there and the coach gets in the middle and says, who's got it better than us? And they all go, nobody. For a child of God, that should be our motto. Nobody's got it better than us because the Holy Spirit's in me. I'm a child of the King. I can do all things through Christ because He'll never forsake me. He'll never leave me. He's always there to pick me up when I mess up. How many people will do that for you? Oh, you say, Brother George, i got a lot of friends. you got a lot of friends till trouble comes. Then you'll find out who your true friend is. Jesus said, I'm a true friend. I'll never leave you. Not when your spouse dies, your children gets accidents and, and loses their life. No matter, listen, even though Mevlin had five miscarriages, Jesus was still with us. And it's so hard to see Jesus in the middle of a trial. It's hard. Because you feel so alone. But see, what, when you start knowing more, just memorizing scriptures and really knowing Jesus, then you start to feel Him when it's just you and nobody else. Nobody else. But you got to be a God chaser to experience this. You can't be just a church goer. I mean a God chaser. 
Well, Brother George, I wish my kids would start praying. Chase after God with them. Don't do as I do. Do as I say. Isn't that old saying? That don't work spiritually. A God chaser goes after God with his soul. Psalms 103. David had emotions. He had feelings. He felt things from God. And a psalm of David, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Right off the bat. You know what most of us say today? Oh my soul, Lord bless me. That's usually our prayer. David starts it off because you say, well, David's the king of Israel, brother George. He's sitting on a throne and they're, they're feeding him a luxurious dinner and, and waiters. He's in the wilderness hiding. When he writes this, it says, Lord bless Oh Lord, bless, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. When's the last time you, you chanted that during the week? Right in the middle of Walmart where it's really crowded. People are about to run over you. When's the last time you said, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me? Get out of the way! Amen. I don't care what y'all say. When y'all go to Walmart, y'all still look for the shortest line. Amen. Because we're a hurry, hurry, hurry people. Hunter did the other day. I guess I'm bringing him up. I had like I had like ten items, and this line right here was real short. And then about four aisles down was the fifteen or twenty items or less. But I didn't. I was already there, and there was only one person. They didn't have about ten items. Dad, he said, Dad, let's move over there. It's 20 or less. I said, I'm all right. We can get through faster and go right here. I said, I'm all right. You know, sometimes we've got to learn to slow down. To see God. For your soul to experience God, you're going to have to let go of something to feel God. I mean, if you go, 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 go from 6 in the morning to 6 at night, you come home and poke down some supper and watch a little tube for an hour and go to bed, you're not going to feel God. You say, well, Brother George, what's the this world, and I'll fix the close on this verse. I don't know if I give it to you, Michelle, Jeremiah chapter 2. I may not have given it to you. Y'all have your Bibles, look at that real quick. This is the reason we don't feel God. I'm going to close with this verse right here. Jeremiah chapter 2. Oh, good. Here's where our nation is. Here's where our families will be. And it's where our churches are. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that cannot hold water. Listen, guys, I want to tell everybody in here, from experience, past experience, or whatever, nothing will fill the hole in your heart but God. That's it. That is it. We can chase all the pretty rainbows and all the great jobs and the big houses and the more toys and, and, and try to feel and feel and feel and feel and feel. But you know what it's like? All it is is a jar with holes in it and the water is going straight through. Straight it's a never-ending process. It's called the rat race. 
I mean, if I took a jar or a bucket and held it under, under the water, it had a bunch of holes in it, where am I going to be standing very long? I'm going to be sitting here a long time because that bucket's never going to fill. So I'm steadily working to get it full, but it won't fill. And God says, listen, this is where my people's at. This is where America's at. This is where the American church is at. They're pouring stuff in, but it's going out the bottom. That's why Hollywood stars are committing suicide every week. Have you ever noticed it? Most of the ones that commit suicide are the stars. You say, Brother George, they should. They got it all, man. Glamour. They could snap their finger in a hotel room tonight. Have hot tubs. Have, I mean, they could have champagne. They got it all. Because it's not feeling the soul. They're not getting their souls filled. It's just leaking out. Football stars. Man, it just blows my mind. The other day it was Tom Brady or something. $126 million contract. $59 million guaranteed. I could buy a lot of fishing baits, Larry. Matter of fact, I'd buy you a new boat. Isn't it amazing? $59 million. I get fifty nine ninety five, and I'm excited. Fifty nine million, but they're not satisfied. Most of them spend it and have nothing. Leon Spinks, remember him? Some of y'all older will do that. Box had millions. He's a janitor in a sports arena today. It didn't fulfill him. That's what I'm saying today. If we don't listen. You don't have to know the whole Bible, but you need to know Jesus. You need to go after Him because He is the only one that will fill the hole. Some of you, there may be someone here this morning that Brother George, I, I just can't get satisfied. Man, I go from one thing to another to another to be still and know that He's God, number one. Say, Jesus, listen, good things, good things will not fill that hole. I'm going to preach to the church real quick. And I'm not going to forget. Working in this church day and night will not fill that void. You can be the busiest member in this church and be on every committee and run everything in here. But if it's not going to be a God chaser and going after Him, work, 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 work in church will not fill that void. If you don't have Jesus first, the work don't mean nothing. Because when, I, when I'm enjoying Jesus... I'm enjoying my marriage. When I'm enjoying Jesus, I'm enjoying my job. When I'm enjoying Jesus, I actually smile at you and love you. I actually enjoy preaching. Can you? I bet you didn't know that. Actually enjoy. When I enjoy Jesus and Saturday night and Sunday morning gets there... I don't know about y'all, but I get, man, I get goosebumps. I get, it feels like I'm going to play a softball game, Dwayne. I mean, I, I'm getting, man, I'm, I'm getting pumped up, getting excited. I can't wait. God's going to be there, getting to preach the word, getting to see the people. Man, I can't wait to get there. Man, I'm excited about it. If you don't have that feeling, something's wrong. Man, I, I got it. I got it at 5.30 this morning. Man, I was, Mevlin was laying over. I rolled out of bed. 
Got up, grabbed my Bible. I was man, I'm ready to preach this God chaser thing. It's good stuff. Really, I got up because she had leg cramps all night last night. Amen. <laughs> but I was excited to be here. Are you excited to sing in the praise team? We need, this is questions we need to ask our church where are we at with God? Because don't do it out of guilt. Amen? Do it out of grace. Do you love coming to this church? Past all the imperfections. Past the imperfect preacher. Past all. See, you say, yes, George, I do. Then you're on the right track. But if you've lost that feeling, Jesus called them in Revelation chapter 3, the lady of sins, you're neither hot, neither cold, and I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. There's nothing worse than drinking hot water. And there's nothing worse than drinking warm water. See, this, this is the whole deal. God is asking us this morning to make a choice. Do you want that fire back? Do you want that excitement back? Listen, you need to be stirred in your soul by the Holy Spirit today. Let's all stand quietly. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you'll come into this church and stir us this morning. Lord, our worship was good. Lord, we've been leading up to this point in service. Because Lord, now it's your time to truly take over. Lord, as we give this altar call, Lord, if there's someone here that has lost their fire, that has lost their excitement about just opening up their Bible and reading God's Word, lost the excitement about praying to God daily, maybe lost their excitement in a ministry they're in, in church. Maybe they lost the excitement in their marriage. Lord, if we'll get back and get under Your authority and get You the head of our house, of our life, Get that right first, Lord. Then we can walk out here saying, Oh, Lord, bless my soul and all that's within me. Lord, if there's someone here not, not experiencing that today, Lord, you're just one step of faith away, just one prayer away. Don't have to go to church seven weeks. Don't have to go through no program. Lord, they just need to humble themselves. And you said that you would lift them up. Be still this morning. Be still. Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. Heavenly Father, have your way in this service this morning. Speak to our hearts. Lord, give us a desire to chase after you, to go after you, to apprehend that which is Jesus Christ, now that I may go apprehend Him. Because He died on the cross for us. He gave His life for us. Let's go after Him, church. Let's go after Him in this church here, in this building. Let's get our families and go after Jesus. Because the world's not going to encourage you to go after Jesus. They're going to encourage you to go directly the opposite direction or be just like them or, or be physically correct or don't get so excited over Jesus. But folks, i got news for you this morning. There's nothing else more to be excited for than my relationship with Jesus Christ and where my family is, my neighbor's. Lord, have your way in this service. Holy Spirit, come. Fill our thirsty souls, our hungry hearts. Come this morning and all God's people said.
Amen. Come as they sing. Just as a song is saying, all who are thirsty.